the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Deciphering information from pathological corrupt liars. This is the game. This is what we're forced to do. I hear all day long the talk and the speculation from Wall Street underwritten corrupt corporatists warning and predicting a recession. The American people, the ones that are not in on the scam, have been in a recession since the most obvious, most corrupt, most incompetent, most mentally unfit president has stolen the presidency. It has been 15 months of a recession. The idea that uh, we are unable to cook what's called the real GDP and infiltrate it with government spending to an acceptable level and pretend that the real earners of this country are not experiencing what happens when a failure usurps an office is a joke to me. Everybody with an IQ over 60 that's been going to work for the last 15 months has seen a massive devaluation of their dollar that is often referred to as inflation to give it a, a patina of happenstance. Oh, it's inflation. This is an orchestrated scheme because what the corrupt government has learned, it's within this individual personal economic turmoil that people are susceptible to propaganda. This is, for them, the best part of the dance. This is when they get to implement all kinds of ridiculous spending, and they're working tirelessly. You heard uh, yesterday on the clips of Chucky Schmucky Schumer how they're working to help you yet again. And the help never seems to end, and the failure is never really properly articulated. We are unfortunately living in a time of unmitigated absolute failure of our government that could stop tomorrow all of it could stop tomorrow granted you'd have to remove every single human being that has been put into a bureaucracy sits as a as a cabinet member and the rest of it by the most corrupt mentally unfit president to ever hold the office so much so that he's a laughing stock in this country and and around the world and that is Joe Biden. But to think for a minute that what we're experiencing is not propaganda, you must be completely unaware of the 90s. You know, I was listening to the break, and the roach of a human being, a war criminal, a woman single-handedly responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths, Madeleine Albright, 
May she burn in hell for a thousand millenniums. I hope they throw that roach in a hole before my show is over. Because I remember Madeleine Albright. I remember Bill Clinton when he didn't sound like Colonel Sanders on meth. I remember the failures and the corruption of the Democrats for as long as I've been alive. And I remember the cavalier attitude that they have to life itself. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. So this is based on the wars of old man Bush. May Madeleine Albright visit him in hell. This is based on the absolute and total propaganda that the American people were put forward in the 90s. There was something about the 90s, though. The theatrics, the acceptance of bull dung was not as great as it is today. They had to really sell it. Do you remember, do you remember how they sold it back then in the 90s? Do you remember? The second week after invasion, I volunteered, volunteered at the Aladdin Hospital with 12 other women who wanted to help as well. I was the youngest volunteer. The other women were from 20 to 30 years old. While I was there, I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of the incubators, took the incubators, and left the children to die on the cold floor. It was horrifying. This is good. I could not Got help me but angry. Think you of angry? Squirrel hands. Ready to go to war? Born premature might have died that day as well. After I left the hospital, uh-huh. some of my friends now? and I distributed flyers condemning the Iraqi invasion. That's good. Until we were warned we might be killed if the Iraqi sauce. Oh, that's bad. The Iraqi sauce. And what happened? The Iraqis have destroyed everything in Kuwait. Wow. They, they stripped the supermarkets of food, the pharmacies of medicine, wow. the factories of medical supplies. Terrible. Supplies. Ransacked their houses and tortured neighbors and friends. Really? I saw and talked to a friend of mine after his torture and released by the Iraqis. Then what'd they do? He is 22, but he looked as though he could have been an old man. Oh. The Iraqis dunked his head into a swimming pool until he almost drowned. Wow. They pulled out his fingernails and applied electric shock to sensitive private parts of his body. Uh-oh. He was lucky to survive. Sure. Sounds like the Azovs of today, doesn't it? Or no, they, no, I'm sorry, that's supposed to be Putin today. They pulled out his fingernails and applied electric shock to sensitive private parts of his body. I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospital with guns. Uh-huh. They took the babies out of the incubators. Took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. Desert Storm is launched. 135,000 Iraqis are killed. An estimated 1 million Iraqis, many of them children and old people, then die as a result of 10 years of sanctions. Lateral damage. Nelton selected her uh, as a persuasive witness what? to this atrocity, and um, it was all part of a campaign what? to turn Saddam Hussein, at least in the public uh, 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 consciousness, into Adolf Hitler. And- oh, wait a minute, I heard this before. You mean like right now how the Drudge Report has Putin as Adolf Hitler as he turns off the gas and oil? You mean how they had him as Adolf Hitler before? It seems to be a theme. And the, the feeling was that they couldn't sell the Gulf War 
without this. Soon after we arrived in Kuwait, um, two weeks after the liberation, it became apparent that the story was a complete hoax. Get out! We were able to go round the hospitals to count the incubators and find that uh, possibly with one or two that had been misplaced, that none were missing. None? The war very much the had to be sold to the American people in order to convince them to intervene militarily. The uh, diary today, which we have today, is in most cases not any anafrax. I investigated it, the matter, and I did find out that uh, uh, there was certain parts in that booklet which were incorrect. Instead, we're still living with the consequences of our having placed troops in Saudi Arabia, because that's what sets off bin Laden, finally. Well, he's also the father of, of uh, George W. Bush, oh. who took the propaganda came. Uh, uh, but wait a minute, what about the girl? I mean, a girl was good. The girl had to be real. To get Americans, perhaps any people, to support a war in a place millions barely heard of, certain buttons must be pressed. In the run-up to the Gulf War, one image, one presence touched American hearts and minds like no other. My name is Nayira, and I just came out of Kuwait. While I was there, I saw the Iraqi soldiers g come into the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of the incubators. Yeah. Will Smith got the Oscar, huh? took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. Yeah, we heard. Terrible. Thrown out of the incubators. President Bush repeated the incubator story at least ten times in the following weeks. Babies pulled from incubators and scattered like firewood across the floor. It had presidential confirmation and the confirmation of Amnesty International. Then, a rather embarrassed Amnesty retracted its report. Come on. In London, spokesman Sean Stiles said as hard as they tried, they could not confirm it. We spoke to um, well over a dozen doctors of different nationalities uh, who had been in Kuwait at the time, and they couldn't stand the story up, and it became quite clear to us uh, that credible medical opinion was that this didn't happen. If it didn't happen, where did the story come from? We can't answer that. We can't tell you about Naira. Oh. She was no ordinary witness. No. She's a member of the Kuwaiti royal family, related oh. to the Emir of Kuwait. And when she testified... Her Wait, so the Kuwaiti family would lie because they wanted American intervention. Why would they do that when all of the people got, got murdered and killed and the 500,000 children that Madeleine Albright said it's worth it? You know, she's honorable. May she lay in state. I can't wait till they throw that rat in a hole. Her father was sitting close by. He's Sheikh Saud Nasir al-Sabah, Kuwait's oh. ambassador to the United States. It's like three names. Nayar lives with her family in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C.? Where all the best lies are cooked up. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class. No. That he does not have three degrees from college. Huh. and that he was not named Outstanding Political Science Student in no college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three.
Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy. Shocking thing is that there's nine, eight people dumber than Joe Biden. That's the real shocking thing. So when you hear these idiots, these scam artists, these professional liars come out and tell you anything, realize who you're dealing with. Scoundrels like Lloyd Austin. Ukraine clearly believes that it can win. And so does everyone here. Ukraine needs our help to win today. And by help, they mean weapons and money. That's how it always starts. Always starts with the same lie, the same comparisons. And in the meantime, the only ones that don't feel the recession are Washington, D.C. It's recession-proof. And so is the mafia cohorts that get their money derived from these kind of lies. We'll discuss that and others. Plus, I'll take your calls. 312-642-5600. When I get back. AM560, the answer. Was that scandal too far back for people to give a rip? I know that seems to be the trend. Just ignore it and it'll go away. You know, like when, uh, who was the governor? It looked like he ate paint chips all the time. Looked like he belonged on a lead paint disclosure. Oh, Pat Quinn. When Pat Quinn gave what? Tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions to cease fire in Illinois in the 90, was it 99 or 2000? How'd that work out? Cease fire. It's great. It's just, you keep buying the bull dung. You keep buying the lies. And the saddest part is the people who pretend to be against war. Only when there's a Republican are you against war. Those are the very people that should have rallied around Trump's foreign policy. After all, that was my favorite part about him. Because he knew about these scum. In fact, to see their faces still appear again. Lloyd Austin. True, full of dung liar. I remember how he said, um, oh, uh, 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 Ukraine can win if only we you know, finance and fight the war for them. I remember what he said after they were caught faking the chemical attack in Syria. You know, we still occupy a, a, a third of Syria. It just happens to be the oil fields. I wonder if we're going to help out with this oil crunch by, you know, stealing and pirating the Syrian oil. After all, that's why we're in these wars. A shocking admission by the U.S. general running the war against ISIS. How few U.S. trained Syrian rebels are left. It's a small number. And uh, uh, the ones that are in the fight is, uh, is, is we're talking four, four or five. So. I like when they lied, but four or five. That's, that's a cocktail party. That's not even a shrimp cocktail. Four or five. That's Lloyd Austin. This is when he was lying for Obama, which is pretty much the same thing, except the first lady. That was a little different. As I see it right now, this four or five U.S. trained fighters. Four let, or let's five. not kid ourselves. That's a joke. <laughs> WTTW News has. Hey, you need help? You need help? You got four or five? I get six Melrose Parkers with a phone call. You idiot. Peter Wilmette. <laughs> Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, man, I love you. Thank you. I'm good. Hey, listen, um, they're all scumbags. They all do the same thing. They play with our money. They give it away with no rhyme or reason. And it's not their fault. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the reason they get away with it, Sean, Sean, the reason they get away with it is because we have a media who's supposed to be the watchdogs for the people, and they're so corrupt and they're not doing their jobs because if we had media who did their jobs, we would be 
voting these scumbags out every time they come up for election. You wouldn't have people like Dick Durbin in office for how many years? Uh, I believe his wife is a lobbyist. For oh, United. yeah, and rather plump. It's over I, a million. I, I... I love how she's, he's concerned now with disclosures on vitamin supplements. <laughs> he's married to a roly-poly. Yeah. Peter, I never do this, but I like you. You know, that you're in Wilmette. Not a lot of people like me in Wilmette. I like you. I want you to hang on because we were lectured to by one of my favorite liars. I call him Slick. He likes big butts and he cannot lie. His name is Barack, however. TV is a tool. <laughs> the Internet is a tool. Social media is a tool. That's why, by the way, those videos I played, Peter, I had to find them yeah, on yeah. Rumble. They had been scrubbed from YouTube. Yeah. Because oh, Silicon well, Valley yeah. oligarchs and the media oligarchs yeah. are working hand in glove with the most corrupt entity in the world called the American government. Peter? I yeah, went that's what. You know, I love the call. That's Peter. all right, Sean. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. I got to go. Oh, I, I do? All right. Megan, Orland Park. Sorry. I cut Peter off. Hi, Megan. Hey, hey Sean. Hopefully, uh, it sounds like I might not have too much longer to talk. You got a minute. Quick, reach a quick bang. The quick bangs, okay? I used to go out, and the happy marriage now used to go out with a sociopath, and they feel like they, if they say things enough times, they come to believe it. And that's Joe, Joe Biden for you. Yeah. And then um, quickly, I was in um, going on college tours, saw lots of windmills, and college students wearing masks outside when we were on tours. That's, what no, that's how you say. avoid sending your kid to that college. Go ahead. What was the third one? Well, that's that the windmills, college oh. students, and Joe, um, Joe Biden has come to believe all these things because he said it enough times. Yes, and you dated a sociopath. Let's not forget that. You want to be happy for the rest of your life? Never make a Democrat your wife. I'll be back after this. AM 560. The answer. Roy Orbison. He wouldn't tolerate this bull dung. Washington scoundrels. The idea we haven't arrested this piece of dung. Every policy is a payoff. The Ukrainian oligarchs, not the people, they're raking it in. Raking it in. All of the countries that bribed them, China, raking it in. Jen Psaki at least is getting questioned day after day. I almost love the arrogance in her pseudo-intellectual sorority biatch answers. We've heard the president say over and over again that he has never spoken to his son about his business dealings. Has he ever spoken to his son's business partners about his son's business dealings? Again, nothing has changed about what I said yesterday. The president does not get involved in the business dealings of his son. Even through his son's business partners? Nothing has changed since what I said yesterday. Okay. I don't believe you a- answered that part of my question yesterday. He's not involved in his son's business dealings. There you go, Pippi Lystocking. Problem solved. Vote Democrat. Vote blue. You have to be an absolute piece of garbage. I'm so tired of pretending you're too stupid to figure this out. Idiots. But then again, how's that ceasefire fund going? I hear that scoundrel that headed it up, you know, the one who beat his wife. I heard he's running for governor, running for something. That's the best part about it. The more you steal, the higher up you go in the mafia. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. I have to say, in my lifetime, President Trump was the best president of America. He's the best president we have ever had. Under President Trump, he didn't want war. He wanted strength. He wanted independence for the United States and other countries to respect us. I mean, he put it out there, don't mess with us. You know, That's what but he put he, out. He now put we're these, stuck with this. 
And he put these scumbags, these scumbags like uh, Lloyd Austin and the military industrial yeah. complex. He put them on the sidelines. He didn't like. Yeah. He didn't like how they were raking it in and we were interventionists. That's the best part about him. And you know something? He should have been embraced by, ironically, the Democrat Party that pretended to be against all the wars. When the reality exactly. is they will step and fetch for anything their master tells them. That's just the fact, Absolutely. Jack. Thank you very That's much, right. Teresa. And I even like how um, they're, they're pretending now. Obviously, the best thing Trump did is when he killed the Iranian terrorist scum, Soleimani. And they're all reaping the rewards of that. Of course, they're giving it away with this punchline of a president now with his wet diaper walking around shaking hands with Mr. Flag. But there was a time when Mr. Flag could put a sentence together. Yeah. See, Joe Biden's dementia has progressed to the point now where he thinks Jill is his nurse. It started out where he was just stupid. Well, he was always stupid. But it, 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 when he was running, he was in DEFCON 1 of dementia. Now he's at DEFCON 4. But um, if you remember, he had some opinions about Soleimani that no one wants to talk about. I like to talk about the stuff nobody likes to talk about. In the wake of the killing of the Iranian general Soleimani, I think Donald Trump has proven beyond that comment, beyond dispute. The haphazard decision-making process that led up to it, the failure to consult with our allies. Not one troop, 800 million a week, we're sending to your favorite oligarch, Kolomoisky, and the Azovs with the comedian. 800 million a week, 500 million for their economy. See, Trump avoided all that. You know how? He blew up the bad guy. That's how he did it. But you didn't like that. You like when you could steal trillions. And then your brother, scumbag that he is, gets a contract to build 1.5, or I'm sorry, it's a $1.5 billion contract to build homes in Iraq. I wonder how that turned out, Joe, you piece of dung. Or Congress, and the reckless disregard for the consequences that would surely follow was, in my view, dangerously incompetent. <laughs> Folks, in wake of such an enormous uh, escalation that has exploded geopolitics in the region, and put the United States and Iran on a collision course, that, uh, what would we expect from an American Wait. president? Oh, I know what we'd expect from Iran. I know what we would expect from Iran, you piece of dung. Mr. Secretary, Mr. welcome. Uh, let's talk Iran. Uh, as you know, Iran is the world's top state sponsor of terrorism. And the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps is their premier terrorist organization. As the State Department noted in 2019, Iran is an outlaw regime that uses terrorism as a key tool of statescraft. And the IRGC has engaged in terrorist activity or terrorism since its inception 40 years ago. And the IRG's support for terrorism, quote, is foundational and institutional. The IRGC has killed over 600 Americans in Iraq. Huh. They control vast parts of the Iranian economy and they use them for financing terrorism. Right now, the IRGC is actively trying to murder additional Americans, including former Trump administration officials. That's all right. They're Trump guys. We know right, from public Blinken? reports you that the State Department bastard. spends $2 million every month protecting former officials, including former Secretary of State Pompeo. $2 million a month. And the Secret Service is providing similar protection to protect former National Security Advisor Bolton. Because of such activities, the Trump administration rightly designated the IRGC as a foreign terrorist organization, an FTO. As you know, the FTO designation is the most powerful we have. 
It includes a criminal prohibition on knowingly supporting the IRGC up to life in prison. It imposes vast immigration restrictions. This is a long-winded son of a gun. It allows victims, including the Gold Star families of those killed in Iran, to sue for civil damages from such support. And just as importantly, it is a signal to our allies in the Middle East and across the world that we will use our most powerful tools to counter the threats that Iran poses to them, including existential threats. The Iranian regime knows all of this, of course, which is why they have refused to re-enter a nuclear deal unless the Biden administration agrees to lift the FTO designation. According to public reports, the negotiations have stalled over this issue. To advance the talks, American negotiators and the Biden administration officials have tried to find ways to rationalize meeting Iran's demands. You yourself have downplayed concerns over such a move by saying I the IRGC question, would remain on. designated under other weaker sanctions. Uh-huh. Back in Vienna, American negotiators have also reportedly asked Iranians to make commitments to stop conducting terrorism in exchange for removing the FTO, and specifically to stop trying to murder former American officials. According to these reports, the Iranians told you no. They told you no? You know what they told Trump? They told Trump, boom. Trump went boom. But they didn't like that idea. No, they didn't like it. And what about Afghanistan? That turned out wonderful. The Taliban, they're good guys now. Just ask the same beady-eyed bastard known as Anthony Blinken. Let's go to Afghanistan. Uh, What's the state of play in Afghanistan for women right now? Oh, it's Uh, wonderful. They're driving around reading. uh, extremely mixed uh, to oh, mixed. Uh, to negative. And, What's the and, upside so for women? The only upside that we've seen at all is that uh, somewhat uh, ironically, you might say there is there is in the country at large greater stability and, and relative peace than there's been. That's- yeah, let's send that transvestite swimmer over there. See how he's received. 312-642-5600. Tom, Randy, Jeff, Phyllis, I'll take your calls when I get back. AM 560, the answer. All right, I don't mind ever being corrected, so we're going to get to Randy first. But did I hear a uh, Irvin? Is it Irvin or Irving? Dick. I believe you call him Richard. It's Irvin? I heard an Irvin commercial funded by Ken Griffin, where he accuses Bailey and he tries to funge the sound. I wonder why Ken Griffin didn't play this one. WTTW News has found that Aurora Mayor and Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin's ex-wife Irvin. was hired by a company that's part of a project getting up to $15 million in Aurora City incentives. The project... Boy, we didn't even have to play a clip of somebody that almost sounded like he said what they want him to say rather than the truth. ...involves several politically connected companies and individuals. Yeah. It's just the latest in a series of WTTW news stories showing companies getting city incentives and contracts and donating big to funds tied to Irvin and his former law partner. An Illinois Republican! Look at you! Get Ken Griffin's money and burn it up! Vote for him, you're a moron. Randy, sandwich... Hey, Sean, how you doing? I don't mean to be a stickler for detail. No, you got me, babe. You got me. I know how much you hate making verbal faux pas. You said he went from DEFCON 1 to DEFCON 4. Yes, yes. Jesse's he's getting better because it's in reverse, and I love correcting people who make that mistake. I like it. You're right, you know, but you'll have to remember I learned my DEFCON from the movie War Games, so forgive me. 
Uh, Tom in Blue Island. <laughs> hey, Sean, I was uh, glad to hear you play that clip of H.W. Bush. The reason the Bush family, hey, everyone says they hate Trump because of a, how big of a fool he made Jeb look like. It isn't that. It's because he called them out for the warmongers they were. Trillionaires that Bush they are. was the original globalist. The original globalist in 92. And for years, I regretted that I voted for Ross Perot. Not that I'm glad that I voted for Ross Perot. But I voted for George W. Bush twice. And now that I'm in my 50s, I'm glad I voted for Ross Perot and regret the two votes for W. So it's pretty I agree crazy, with you. buddy. I only voted for him once. Thank you. He revealed himself to be a piece of dung after he lied on multiple occasions to promote the same kind of warmongering military-industrial complex schemes that Joe Biden supported then and creates now. Jeff in Rockford. Hey, Sean. How you doing today, buddy? Good, brother. So the way I got it figured, this waste of oxygen ain't never going to pay no price for uh, what he's pulling here. He's going to let the kid go over the side of the boat, but he's not going to pay any price because he's going to come up senile when they get all everything assembled that they're going to get him with. There's an email that says as such in the in, there's an email between Hunter Biden and another cohort that says as much that the plausible deniability is Joe Biden's senility, which they were discussing in 2016. Everybody knows uh, this. Yeah. So you're exactly correct. But here's the thing, Jeff. I've always felt this way. There is no justice. The only justice that happens must come in the afterlife. So I don't really give a yeah, rip right. because in the afterlife, yep. I don't know what it's like. I'm hoping it's more of the Valhalla than the floating around on a cloud with love, no cigars and women. I prefer Valhalla. Uh, I'm hoping well, there's at least. Gonna, he's not going to have any fun at all. Yeah. He's, he's in real trouble in the afterlife. These are the scum of the earth, and it's nice to believe that they pay in the afterlife. I hope so. Although they are paying homage to Madeleine Albright, who should have been thrown on a sidewalk. Thank you very much, Jeff. 312. Six, oh, I have a guest? Who's my guest? Tell me in my ear. I, th I think I'm excited about my guest today. Who do I got? Patrick Nelson? He's the author, right? Oh, he's got a good book. All right, we'll uh, talk about that and more after we get back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a The idea that there are college-educated, high-earning deadbeats is nauseating. That's what it is. What we have in this country isn't nuanced differences of policies. It's an uncoupling of principles. This is how you implement socialism, Sovietism, communism. There was a saying on the old college campuses prior to World War II, better dead than red. They now have become incubators of collectivism. It's a timely next guest I have because I, too, just got in an argument with my college daughter about free money. Patrick Nelson. He is the CEO of Nelson Partners Student Housing based in San Clemente, California. Nelson is a real estate investor, a developer, 
and operating 18 student housing properties and still probably can't get me a discount on mine. Patrick, thank you for joining me. How are you? Great, Sean. Great to be here. So um, this is something that I find to be multi-offensive on many, many fronts. Number one, there are people that did the right thing and paid for their own college. There are other people whose parents paid for college. There are other people who took loans and then paid those loans back. Did you ever think in America you'd see a time where such bribery for votes would be hidden in a bottom-up welfare scheme? Unfortunately, Sean, as where we've been seeing America move, or at least especially on the college campuses on the liberal side, it's becoming more and more commonplace. And you just nailed it. I've never said the word incubator, but you're right. The college campuses have become incubators for Democratic or liberal think tanks so much as almost impossible to be a conservative kid and have conservative views on campus or even write a paper like that. And so in answer to your question, uh, unfortunately, nobody's surprised anymore. Now, here's the thing. Um, I'm in the real estate business, have been for a long time. And it's funny when you are managing property, when you're a landlord, you really get a glimpse into how people live because you have to deal with the ramifications of their lifestyle, their choices. As somebody who operates 18 student housing facilities, would you say that the government, the parents are getting their money worth when you see how the kids actually live, that it is not what we envision in our mind as we look at old movies, thinking they have a sport coat with elbow patches and they're talking philosophy. Is it worth the trillions upon trillions of dollars society is now on the line for? Well, that's okay. That, that's a, a big loaded question, and I'll tell you why. And by the way, it's, and when you're in student housing and you manage 6,000 students, it's much more than a glimpse, right? You're in it. It's reality. You know how they live. And I can give you stories upon stories of college kids. Um, here's the thing about student housing, okay? Every university is its own microeconomy, and so every university presents almost like its own little um, return on investment um, analysis, just like you do with real estate. And the, the college kids do the same thing. And so there, you're right. There's huge inequity. If you're a kid like I was, I, I waited tables at Red Lobster for five years. I delivered pizza in the summer for Pizza Hut at night, uh, sold shoes at Nordstrom, did all that stuff. I graduated with about $10,000 in, in student debt. That's after MBA school and everything. Well, what about the kid that says, I don't care about going to this other school that's much cheaper and good education. I'm just going to go to this other one that's super expensive. It's going to cost me $200,000. I graduate in something that doesn't really make me a lot of money, right? And then the government's just going to bail it all out. It's astonishing to me that this is the system we're in. You know, I remember when Barack Obama seized the uh, student loan business, not only putting other businesses out of work but the problem went from 400 billion to 1.7 trillion dollars and i'm wondering something happens when the government gets involved it starts to spend more money but cover more things i i have to admit i left college in, in my first year i thought it was a giant waste of time i couldn't wait to go to work and i was lucky enough to get a job and that's what i did is housing covered in the student loan programs i'm curious yes so what you just said is everything starts to go up. The government starts spending more. Here's the problem. Everybody starts spending more. 
What I mean by that is the universities say, oh, well, we can jack up tuition, which, by the way, it's gone up 130% after inflation since the early 90s. They start jacking everything up because they know that the kids can just go get loans. And then if the, lo- if the universities and the parents and the kids all have an inkling that it's all going to be forgiven, not only does, does is housing cover, they start buying flat screen TVs and buying the brand new Apple iPhone and the best laptop, even though they probably only need something, you know, that's like a Google Chromebook or something like that. They'll, they'll spend $50,000 on stuff that you don't need. They'll live in the very top housing, which we offer, versus like something that's, that's more along their lines of, of income and where they come from. You know, maybe it's half the cost, but it's older, a little more run down or something, or even worse, like you and I probably lived in. Yeah. So everybody starts spending when they know the government's just going to give it all back. You know, I have to waste. Ask- yeah, it really is. But there's something that, I, you know, I, I say this all the time. I don't care if you're talking about cops, if you're talking about lawyers, doctors, or Indian chiefs. you got about a third of the people that are great people. About a third are terrible, and a third are in the middle they haven't decided. What is your take? Because you're seeing this. Are there kids out there that still have that ethic that you had to go wait tables? Uh, are there kids out there that still have appreciation for the parents that, that flip the cost? such as my spoiled child, or are there just um, those people that can't wait to destroy the principles of Americanism that says you're responsible for what you do? What are you seeing among the kids? Sean, you pose a terrific question right there. Of course you see all of the above, right? But if you're a kid waiting tables, right, or or working at the bookstore, you know, trying to cover costs and, and, and maybe living within your means, and you find out the government is just going to get rid of all of your debt down the road, why would you keep doing that? So the problem is with the government that starts handing out free money, it turns all good kids into money grabbers in a sense. If, if you went to your elementary school child and said, would you rather stay at recess another hour or do you want to go back in to, to, to do math? What are they going to choose? Even if a hardworking conservative kid with yeah, great no, principles, I the do. government says, go ahead, of course he's going to say, yeah, please pay off my loan. Oh, and maybe I'll spend a little bit more money here and get, you know, upgrade here and all those things. So that's one of the biggest problems when you start handing out money. You just saw it when everybody was getting free wages, right? It's really hard to hire. Nobody wanted to work. There's some states it was actually more financially beneficial to stay home and collect money than to go back to your job. Right, so that, that that trickle effect is everywhere. And the one thing with the universities that was unfair during all of this is they got over a hundred billion dollars. Seven million small companies got three hundred billion in PPP. Okay, seven million companies. Four hundred thousand of them went out of business in the first, you know, six months of COVID, something like that. But the universities, they didn't miss a beat. They got a hundred billion, a few hundred universities. You know, this was my biggest gripe, Patrick. I couldn't believe that this was the concept that we're just going to throw this money out there. And now you're getting the facts. We're talking 60 to 70% of this money was absconded with and abused. And there is no real plan for how we're going to make up that. And now we're on, just on top of it, on top of it. And I got a call from my daughter today. And she's away in school. And I made a deal with them because I, I'm from the sewer of Illinois. I said, look, you get the hell out of this state. I'll pay for it. I'll complain every day. But you never come back. If you come back, you owe me every penny. And she's like, Dad, there's a, there's a thing that summer, there's some summer program. And I said, okay, well, you know, how much could it be, a summer program? $9,000. $9,000 for a summer program. 
These schools got all this money, and yet they still have the audacity to tell the kids, we're going to raise almost double what it was from last year. Isn't there any law enforcement looking into this? Are there, are there even people who in your business are saying, wait a minute, this seems insane to me. Is there anybody looking into the abuse and the waste and the fraud that these college are, colleges are partaking sure. in? Sean, here's the problem. It's what I said before. The, the campuses are so liberal, like 98% of them are liberal. And this is a great headline for the liberal agenda to come out and give all these kids that are, that are essentially being trained you know, in liberalism on campuses to say, hey, you're going to be forgiven of all this. There's nobody watching it at all. The one thing we do have, right, and let me give something to your listeners that might help a little bit. If you have a kid that's thinking about going to college or you happen to be a high school student looking, there's still some capitalism out there. Colleges, are fortunately, are still competing against each other, right? And so you can look in, you can look at all the reports, U.S. News and World Report. There's still universities out there that are cheaper and more fair, I went to Utah State. I think it's in the top five of ROI. Tuition is still very cheap. There's great schools out there that still give you opportunities to learn about conservatism and other options. So you really got to do all your research. I think that that's going to be the best chance is that we as conservatives got to bond together and create a safe space for kids on campus to speak out about conservative um, policies and principles and then get universities to actually hire conservative-type um, professors and people that are doing the education. And then we, as conservative parents, need to help our kids find opportunities where they can go and go to those type of schools, not just a big name like Cal Berkeley or the Ivy Leagues or something that's just almost a 100% liberal agenda. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I want to ask you a couple of things. But I, I, um, I never influence. You're going to think this is crazy. I never browbeat my kids. I just let them see how I live, right? That's how I did it. And I never, I never allowed them to accept socialism and fascism under the guise of liberalism. And I'm curious if you agree with me. What we're seeing today isn't liberal. If you really think about our position in so many things, we're the liberals. We don't want to force anybody to do a damn thing. And yet you see the, them, them, and when I say them, I mean the universities, teaching our children that velvet virtue of totalitarianism where they're making them arrogant enough to think down and look down on other people that don't go to universities. Would you say that that's an agenda you encounter a lot? I would say 100%. And I would say, I love what you're saying. You don't hit your kids with, you know, you let, let them make their own decisions, but they're not getting those opportunities because the universities right now are prescribing what they want. And I agree with you. It's much farther left than being liberal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to you know, embrace socialism and another thing to be a little bit more liberal on some social, uh, maybe some social topics or something like that. But you don't get the opportunity. When you go to the university, if you write a paper to, you know, an English paper or a business paper, even in some cases, and you take conservative values, you can't get an A. I mean, those are headlines no, that I'm, you see in the conservative side. It's hard. I'm experiencing that. Um, you know, as somebody who and I'm proud of you. I mean, I, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm proud of you. I know how hard it is to do what you do. You're 18 housing facilities over a variety of different campuses. With all that you see and all that you deal with, I don't know how old you are. If you had kids that were going to college, would you send them? So I turned 50, thanks for asking, in one month from, actually, no, in two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, I turned 50 years old. 
my oldest, I have six daughters, by the way. My oh. oldest daughter is, four, is 15. She just turned 15. So you're bald. Yes, no, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I would say this. I would say this. <laughs> the... Um, all the stats still show if you have a college education, right, and, and obviously a useful uh, major, you're still going to be better off and you make more money. And then also, here's the other thing. I know you maybe didn't love your freshman year. I loved my freshman year. All the guys in the dorms, I'm still good friends with them over after 30s. We, we were there in 1990, 91. We're still on the same email. Email didn't even exist back then, actually, by the way, and neither did the Internet or phones. But um, – it's a rite of passage for us. You know, it's, you go away. It's not just learning how to write an English paper. It's how to get up in the morning and be on time on your own and, you know, make your own meals and make friends and network and be on your own while you still have other freshmen that are your age and, and you kind of go to college. I think the college experience, if it's in the right place and, you know, you're kind of, you know, meeting your academics and your challenge. So I still think it's a great experience, but that's why I think people should really research and figure out what makes the most sense for them versus just going to a name or where their friends are and everybody are all going. There's, there's still some great, great options out there. And yes, I, I, I would definitely send them. I love it, Patrick. Well, you got to hate money. Six daughters. That's going to cost you a million five by the time they get there. I want to thank you for joining me and i want to thank you for doing what you do and pointing out the truth from uh, the ceo of nelson partners patrick nelson thank you so much anytime thank you thanks for what you do keep up the good work great we'll be back with your calls and comments after this am 560 the answer republicans of maine township are roaring back with a relaunch celebration cocktail party Featuring Todd Ricketts, his father, a genius. Genius. Sean Morrison, jazz artist Cindy Cronin, champagne toast hors d'oeuvres, and meet up with fellow conservatives on Thursday, April 28th, at Café La Cave in Des Plaines. When I went there, it was called Café La Cave. I remember throwing that place up for grabs a couple of times. Tickets start at $100. If you're a big shot you have no kids in college, sponsor opportunities are available. All the details for the Republicans of Maine Township relaunch celebration are at romt.us. That's romt.us, 312-642-5600. It's an interesting topic to me, not just because, oh, I have kids in college. It was expensive when I went. Yeah, you could afford it and the rest of it. But because the, the philosophy of America has changed. It completely has changed. And nobody wants to focus on what they're actually getting. And I found that to be very interesting. What you're getting is acquaintances, is a social life, are, is a Rolodex full of other kids. I mean, that's really the difference in these universities. And the one thing's for sure. As you look at society and you look at the susceptibility to bull dung, bull dung, it's never been greater. Society's never been dumber. The idea that we're in this predicament in the year 2022, when America resembles the Soviet Union with nicer clothes politically, when the welfare system is now being normalized so much so that people think it's normal to have the government hand you gas cards because they screwed up so bad, gas has more than doubled. Oh, it's just normal. This is this college bull dung. Bull dung. You're teaching these kids absolutely nothing because if this society had any kind of character, had any kind of integrity, had any kind of intelligence. The idea that we listen 
to the political whores wouldn't exist. Spent loan debt forgiveness is the least progressive thing the left has ever pushed for. What you're essentially saying is is people who have college degrees who, on average, statistically make more money than people in the uh, blue-collar occupations, Mm -hmm. the left is going to pay off their debts? How elitist is that, right? The left is always proud of themselves about taking care of the marginalized. Yeah. No, this time we're going to go, the, the people that went to college and statistically make more money, we're going to forgive their, their loan debts, debt, yeah. but not the loan debt that the plumber had to take to go to trade school, right. or not the uh, farmer who had to take a loan out for a tractor to plow his fields. Got it. They're going to take care of the college people who make mm-hmm. more money. That, that, this and is- that's the point of all isms. Collectivisms, all of it, communism, socialism, Marxism, it never comes from the bottom. It always comes from the top. These are the elitists who view themselves entitled and virtuous and have contempt for everybody else. That's why they hate capitalism, because they hate the idea that a guy with no education can buy and sell him like juicy fruit. That they hate. Mary Elmhurst. Oh, hi. No, I just wanted to say that uh, my son went to Augustana and played um, lacrosse for four years. And, and you know, he, he paid his dues and he was successful. And my um, husband and I, my ex-husband and I, and he agreed that we would split it, you know, one-third each. But I will be the first one in line if they're going to pay as a tuition because I'm just so bitter and angry about paying everything for everybody. I understand. I understand. But, but the reality is, Mary... That's because you're bitter and angry. It's not because you philosophically agree with it. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the test of character. The test of character is to say, there is nothing for free. I refuse to be subsidized. And I'm going to take it on the chin. Listen, it's expensive. It's expensive. But all choices of character have a cost. And, you know, I understand. Believe me, I understand. My wife said the same thing to me. Let our kid, because I was just, this is today. I was just flipping out today. And she said, let her go on the student loan debt. Not on my watch. Not with my blood in your veins. I won't tolerate it. But I do understand it. I do sympathize with it. And you're right to be angry. The key is to focus that anger. I focus it by never allowing a Democrat voter to be near me without being uncomfortable. That's how I do it, Mary. And you'll love it. Because, by the way, that's what they do to us. Thank you, Mary. And I'll give you an example. This was on an airplane this week, not during the election, this week, as somebody, a woman, who looks like the father from Frazier from Oregon. She has called me names and insulted me just for sitting down plane, the seat saying middle that I seat. came here to celebrate. Is there going to be a problem? I hope I would like for him to change seats with someone. No, I'm going to get somebody. Well, you don't have that right. The stewardess just told her you have the right. She wanted his seat changed because he had a Trump T-shirt on. This is Oregon, where this political whore, this bought-off, compromised, dementia moron, just went and told everybody they were great. So now they're all excited, even though they look like the father from Frazier the whole time pretending to be a woman. I don't know what the hell she's pretending to be, but she's confused. And the other thing is, this cheap bastard is in the middle seat. You don't want to sit next to somebody? Buy first class, Roach. Well, I will get somebody 
and just believe in climate change? Do you believe in gravity? Did you know gravity is just a theory? Now, the good news is she gets her cheap ass thrown off the plane, which I liked. But she said something. You put that man's finger on the nuclear button. You've got a moron, an embarrassment to manhood, to, to society, meandering around with dementia, can't utter a sentence. And he's okay because he believes in climate change. This is why when you're around these scoundrels, I want you to remember one thing. You know the factor of their greenhouse gas? It does not include water vapor. All of their data, all of their lies, they left off water vapor, which is 95% of greenhouse gases. You know why they left it off? So they could always lie about controlling you. And they pretend to have virtue. It's time to identify them for the scoundrels, the scum, and the charlatans they are. They're referred to more commonly as Democrats. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Van Halen, little Panama. Panama Canal. How many people know, where did where was the military sent first after the attack on September 11th? Anybody? Anybody? Panama Canal. Very important to America. Of course, that's when we have goods in the supply chain, but that's all very complicated. Even a Democrat college-educated deadbeat can't figure that out. Bruce, Illinois. Sean, how you doing today? Good, brother. Sean, come on, thank you for your enthusiasm every day that you give to us. Oh, thank you. I don't know if anybody's ever called in about this, but how about the thousands upon thousands of men and women that went into the military to get credit for college i had a woman call last last week and i'll tell you why sorry no no i had a woman call last week and i'll tell you what that you know people forget about that people forget about you know what how many how many like you said it's literally millions of kids that took advantage of that and accomplished a numerous numerous things not to mention the the expanding of their own experience well how about the loss of life that they went in there to do that and they lost their life over it and they're sure. worrying about getting free money. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and and that's why they should pay attention to the false flags and the military corruption, and the idea that we have fought wars based on virtue and not the very corruption that has cost millions and millions of lives. But we learned that back in Vietnam, and how many times did we uh, buy that same kind of Gulf of Potemkin lies? Thank you. Appreciate Bruce. your time, sir. I appreciate you, and I, obviously your service. Matt Mantino. Sean, how you doing, bud? Good, brother. Good. I, I called you a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about student loans. I work in, in higher education and, and financial aid. I've, I, and I one remember. Of the, uh, to not to be named uh, state yes. schools. Um, so we're talking about free money in college, and I just wanted to – I wasn't sure if you were aware of it or not. Um, a lot of people aren't. You don't hear a lot of people talking about it, but it was called HERF funding, higher education emergency relief funding. I'm not and aware if you of Google it. If you Google it, it was approximately $14 billion that was basically just divvied out to, and, and I, I'm skeptical on the $14 billion because I, at, the, at the, the tiny little state school that I work at, we got several million. And this was money that we were given, and we were told to give it to our students. So basically, it was an extra stimulus package for if you were a college student during the pandemic, 
Um, I guess it depends on what school you went to. I don't know. I know you you got kids at school. I don't know if, if you're aware of if, if they got any of no, that money. No, my kids are not on welfare of any kind. But okay, you know, so it, it, it but it was Sean. It was a, it was a just if you were enrolled, and so we, we we you know we it was you know tiered on your enrollment and if you're an undergrad or if you're grad you got X amount of but everybody that was enrolled got money and this was again we had millions of dollars that we were just we were people didn't have to apply for it. We were just told, here's a couple extra million dollars, give it to your students. And, Matt, if and I remember happening. correctly, you were the one who called me and told me about how many people just simply enroll for this kind of skullduggery. They enroll to borrow the loans because they know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could talk to you about some of the, the, the borrowing practices that happen in higher education. I use the, the word practices, you know, with air quotes around it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of, of nonsense that goes Can around. Can I ask waste how old you are? I am. Uh, I'll be forty-three. I'll be forty-three next next uh, next month. When you went to college and you saw the parking lot outside that college, what would you compare the cars of your era to this era? How would you compare? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, no. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah. Nothing says welfare like a Lexus, Matt. Thank you so much. Oh no. You got it, Sean. Take care, bud. I appreciate it very much. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite. He's more than an economist. He's pretty much a philosopher who always has something to say that's enlightening. Teachers' unions are not created by teachers. There are people who create unions. And in, fa- in fact, uh, the interests of the teachers' unions can, can be opposite to those of, of the teachers. For example, if there's a large increase of money in, into the school system, and they're always saying it's underfunded, no matter how, much, no matter how many billions of dollars go down a bottomless pit. When, that, when the money is out there and available, you could use that money to raise teachers' salaries. That would be good for the teachers. It would be bad for the teachers' unions. The teachers' unions uh, get, get more dues if instead of raising the teachers' salaries, you create more jobs, more teachers' aides, more counselors, more nurses, more this, more that, more bureaucrats in the, in the system because all those people will be paying union dues. Whereas if you simply have a higher-paid teachers, you don't, in, you don't get the increase in, in, in union dues. That's why I, it's a shame for the 20% of good teachers that are caught up in the fraud of public education. Not to mention what we see is the scandal, the, the, the billions upon billions of waste, fraud, and abuse, what's called higher education rather than what it should be called, an absolute scam. Brett Peoria. Hey, Sean, I just wanted to say that I worked my way through college, went through the university, got my master's, um, occasionally, maybe I had the employer uh, give me the tuition reimbursement, but I always had to persuade him. It was never easy. But actually, uh, you said something that jarred my memory uh, kind of when you first started talking about this college thing, and that's uh, Economics 101. Have you ever heard of Mr. Tanstafall? I'm going to there's confess no something. As a, there's, there's no oh. such thing as a free lunch. Well, I heard it from Milton Friedman, but yes. I know that I know the uh, the idea. Have you ever uh, imagined you'd hear so many people use the word free? There is no free. Government doesn't have any money. It's borrowing it from the future so they can use it as taxation to keep the people down. And it's not going to be the ones who are working for them, the corrupt army of Marxist mafia members. It's going to be all the rest of us. Uh, Mark, Chicago. Hey, Mark. Sean, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, I, you know, when you're talking about college, 
I thought it was interesting with uh, Durbin. You know, his wife is somehow connected to the University of Illinois. I don't know if she's cafeteria like on the Thursdays. They got beef yes. and barbecue night. No, she looks like she yeah. hasn't missed one of those. But go ahead. <laughs> well, my point is, is that there's so many conflicts of interest with these politicians, and it's it's enough to make you puke. You know, it, it's it's. Because it's corruption. It's open, it's notorious, and it's business as usual. It is clear corruption. Little Dick Durbin and his portly woman, along with their nephew, are criminals. She is a lobbyist to pose as a bag man in the same way the crack-smoking son of Joe Biden is. There is no scandal here, only our unwillingness to say it out loud. She's a crook, he's a crook, and she's couldn't fit in my underwear with a jar of Vaseline and two midgets helping her. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, one one last thing, Sean. I know what uh, I thought it was interesting with uh, Kevin McCarthy that uh, he's calling out uh, Gates and Marjorie Green uh, not to be uh, to take him off of Twitter. He was he was uh, recorded uh, as saying that to Liz Cheney of all people. We have to take him off of Twitter. I mean, you know, the Republicans. It, it really is sad that we got these boobs that are afraid of the Democrats. They like oh, no, 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 no. I, I think it's more diabolical than that. The, you know what I just said? Yeah. They're not offended by Dick Durbin and his rather portly wife. They want in on the scheme. Kevin McCarthy wants to protect political corruption because if he was half as honorable as he wants you to believe, he would be saying this. People in power would be saying this. Instead, they want in on it. Mark, 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560. The answer. Obviously, it's bribery. Before your constituents can figure out who the crooks are, cut them in on the crime. That's what the welfare system is doing. Barack Obama, 2008, 69.4 million votes. Hillary Clinton, 2016, 65.8 million votes. Let's just do the Democrats, shall we? John Kerry. 59 million votes. Al Gore, 50.9 million votes. Dimwit in diapers. Punchline around the world. 81 million votes. He needs all kinds of votes. That's why I never forget a scam that's being set up months, if not a year in advance, when Joe the Dimwit Biden set in perpetuity the election result ramification equalizer. It's called bald-faced fraud. U.S. President Joe Biden has signed an executive order aimed at expanding voting rights. The order marks the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, an incident that led to the passage of the act on voting rights. In a pre-recorded video message, Biden said the order will provide improved access to voting, adding that eligible voters should be able to vote and have that vote counted. The order directs federal agencies to develop a strategic plan to promote voter registration and participation. It also aims to expand access to voting among active duty members of the military as well as to all eligible prisoners. So you got the welfare recipients, you got the prisoners, you got the illegal aliens, you got all the Democrat scum that are already in on the mafia. And you think it's going to be a sweep? I think you're uh, overestimating the integrity of a country that would sell welfare to college graduates as anything other than bottom-up distribution of poverty. That's what it is. Joe, Naperville. Hey, 
Yes. How are you? I'm good. I thought you'd be a little more exciting than this. A little let down. Go Did ahead. You, uh, uh, no, I was calling about the uh, the free money and uh, just another scheme to uh, buy votes. And uh, what about all the people out there who actually took student loans, worked and paid off all those student loans, and uh, maybe the government should uh, pay all those people back and, well, uh, you, you and could, uh, even it out? Yeah, but would it be even out? Because, Joe, I'm assuming you're in that category. And you are working. I could hear you working. You're driving your truck. And you're a man of virtue. You never took anything that you didn't deserve. I don't think the answer would be you'd want it now. I think the answer should be you stop even pretending it's anything other than buying votes, Joe. That's what it is. That's what it will always be. Tim, Glenn Allen, you got about 40 seconds, kid. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to point out that part of the problem we have with these debates is that we don't call things what they are. And I have two quick examples. One is the student loan debate. There's no way to forgive this debt. It's being transferred. It's not yes. being forgiven. It's being And if we call it debt transfer instead of debt forgiveness, uh, then if you ask people, are you in favor of transferring wealthy family student debt to the working class, the answer becomes an automatic no. Tim, it, you're right. obviously yeah. a brilliant man. And it would be as difficult as calling a fascist a liberal. We've been doing that for about 70 years. We need to start exactly. there first. Thank you, Tim. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Results matter. The city of Chicago is a punchline. The county of Crook, a joke. Two sitting judges on an investment group with a real gangster named Eddie Burke. It's truly a joke nationwide, worldwide for that matter. We've got a sheriff in town. His name is Tom Dart. He's cute. Looks like one of the kids from 8 is Enough. But since he has been the sheriff, what is the quality of life in Cook County? I hate even visiting it, although I lived there for 52, 53 years. There's a guy that wants to be a new sheriff in town. Noland Rivera He's 27 years, a Chicago policeman. He's a range master. He's trained over 120,000 officers. He's a retired security force master sergeant at the United States Air Force Reserve. With over 33 years, combined Army and Air Force Active Guard. What gives you the nerve to run for Sheriff Nolan Rivera? Hi, Sean. Uh, first, thank you for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure, and thank you for uh, letting me talk to your audience. Uh, I think they're wonderful. Uh, I have a lot of nerve, uh, apparently, because uh, the machine is uh, absolutely upset that I'm running against uh, Mr. Dart. Uh, they've tried everything to knock me off the ballot, and uh, they have failed. So for everybody out there that was telling me that um, I was crazy to run against the machine, um, here I am on the ballot. And, and yes, I do have the nerve to, uh, to challenge Tom Dart. I'm proud of you, and I want you to win because Thank this you. idea that we have actual people monitoring those ankle bracelets is about as funny as uh, when I watch the Street and Sands guys eat lunch. <laughs> it reminds me of an absolute and total punchline that there is anything 
that even stands for law and order in the sewer of Chicago or the county of Cook, um, are you going to take the approach of coddling criminals so they vote Democrat? What exactly will be your approach? No, absolutely not. Everybody, everybody that everybody that comes to me in the sheriff's office is going to be treated as an individual with dignity and respect, just as everybody else would expect uh, to be treated. Uh, I think the the my uh, my main objective, which I, I feel uh, Mr. Dart has failed uh, to do, is to be present at all levels of uh, of the sheriff's office. Um, the officers follow leaders that they can see, they can talk to, and they believe in. I believe in good government, and not government that serves uh, government that serves the people, and not the other the way around. Uh, That's awful. Yeah, That's uh, outrageous in Chicago. Are you? Oh, sure? it is. It is outrageous. I think it's it's radical thinking nowadays. You know that uh, that the government works for the people, not the other way around. You know, we've lived through these last two years of turmoil, of insanity, two and a half. Sure. And you know, there's talking points that go on: defund the police. It's not a. It's never. Listen, the money's one thing. It's more than mm-hmm. defund. You've undermined. You've undermined the rule of law. Uh, it is apparent to me that government, specifically Democrat government in Chicago and Cook County and in Illinois, for that matter, has sided with the predators among us. It's, I, I don't know how you could interpret it any other way. Is there a pushback among people? Because the reality is you've been a copper for 27 years. You may recognize me from the back of your car. But you've been a copper. <laughs> you've, you've watched these guys who talk like I talk, and when election time rolls around, they step and fetch, and they vote for right. the Democrat in power. Do you think there's an opportunity to overturn that kind of insult to these men who have voted for the Democrats that now have uh, really impugned them? Yes, I, you know, um, and, and th- uh, again, it's, it's been a pleasure to serve uh, uh, Chicago, you know, for the last 27 years. Um, I, I, I can say that I, I've enjoyed it, and, and uh, it, it's a passion. You have to have a passion for it. Um, defunding the police is a mistake. It, it undermines society, absolutely. Um, the the um, Refunding the police is what needs to happen, and that's exactly what I, I intend to do. I've talked to a lot of police officers and uh, county officers, and they are to, to a man, and not because I'm being biased because I'm running for, for the office of sheriff, but they, they know that they want a law enforcement professional like me to be in that office. That's, that's the consistent message that I hear. Thank God that there's somebody there that knows the job. And I'm that guy that knows the job. I've, I've, uh, like you said, I've been a, a, a combat veteran with the Army and, U- and Air Force. I've been a U- United States Federal Air Marshal. I've gone through four police academies. I have a master's from the University of Chicago in threat and response management that encompasses all these things and, and puts them together. And I've taught as an uh, adjunct professor for criminal justice. So not only do I know the job? Have I walked through those doors and through those dark alleys and, and, uh, and gangways? I have the education and the background to do the job, whereas uh, Tom Dart never did. So he's never been able to get that uh, buy-in from his force and the respect that he should have because he, he, he never came in with the qualifications to begin with. Yeah, and I, I mean, the reality is I've, I've lived there up until a couple of years ago. 
And, and, and you must ultimately look at the result of the quality of life in Cook County, which is mayhem, mayhem. Yes. The only reason my neighborhood is safe is because at least the criminals know we're not calling the police. We're duct taping you to a chair. So there's a benefit to that. But outside of my neighborhood, it's absolute and total chaos because the government has sided with the, with the, with the drug dealer, has sided with the gangbanger. That's the only conclusion I can come to because I have to come to a conclusion. And they are thriving. Sure. And the innocent people are hoping not to get catch their attention. And the, that really starts with the sheriff, but it over, also carries over to the prosecution, which you have an experience in. Can yeah. you do your job when you're undermined by a collaborator with scum such as Kim Fox? <laughs> well, I, I, I won't uh, characterize it that way uh, personally. My I, words, I, not I, yours. I, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, one of, one of the things that uh, people start to learn about me fairly quickly is that when you tell me no or that can't be done, I look for other ways to get it done. There are many ways to, uh, to get the job done. Uh, I will reach out to uh, Prosecutor Fox and Chief Evans and sit down with them so that we can work something out. Right now, it's very convenient for everybody there to point fingers at each other and not uh, take responsibility. So that's a, a, a really funny thing there where everybody's just pointing fingers and nobody, nobody takes responsibility. I'm not there. I'm not here because I have an ego in this race. I want something done. And, in, and I know that I can get that job done and I, I will, and I welcome their input. But if, if failing that, then the voters need to uh, take a look at whether they need to stay in that off those offices and new people have to get in there. But my getting in as sheriff, is the first step in changing this whole Crook County tax you say, which it, to me sometimes uh, it's funny, but a lot of times it's it's, it's insulting because because no, there's good people here. There are good. People I have a nephew on County. the job, and I, I I love him to death. He's a wonderful kid. Mm-hmm. I tell him don't get out of the car. He's got to come home to his three kids because I understand what happens is that the officers are collateral damage. And the gangbangers have become the virtuous citizens of Cook County. Yes. yes and that's a yes. problem I have. Mm-hmm. So when I, yes. I, I remember things, too, Nolan. And when I remember, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was paint chips, as I call them, not your words, mine, paint chips, Pat Quinn, who pretended to cut his own lawn. I remember when he gave millions and millions of dollars to cease fire. I remember the scoundrel in charge of it was named uh, T.O. Hardiman. And that we continue to give this money to all these organizations that are going to cease the fire and all the other B.S., in the sure. meantime, things get absolutely worse. Would you right. promote I, I, these kind of criminal payoffs who half the time you're giving it to organizations that are already infiltrated with the gangbangers we pretend are victims? Well, one, one of my uh, uh, main initiatives is uh, starting a hybrid uh, citizen boot camp where now anybody that tells you that the sheriff's office is going to get everything done for you, they're lying to you. Okay, The sheriff's office cannot do it alone. And there are certain things that the sheriff's office should not be involved in. Um, I know that their mental health is a big issue. The sheriff's office can be the first step in, in that recovery uh, and mental health issue uh, problem. But the health, the mental health of those people are probably better served with outside agencies, non-governmental organizations, the churches, the synagogues, the mosques. You talk about. You uh, spoke earlier about networking. We get. We have to establish networks where these individuals can go and reach out to people 
and have the community support these people once they get uh, the kind of treatment they they uh, they need. But these these uh, programs like this boot camp will be will be uh, run uh, efficiently. It will be quantitatively uh, uh, with good results, and um, it, it's not going to be the run of the mill. Hey, we're just going to hand out money to people. We're going to have oversight. Uh, we're going to have uh, community leaders involved, and it's going to be open and transparent. There's nothing here to hide. Nothing here to hide at all. You know, all. it's funny. So, I, I, I love this, okay? But the reality is um, I was listening to the news break, and I can't remember if it was an alderman and his right-hand guy selling machine guns or what the hell it is. But you said that the machine isn't happy about you. Right. This, mm-hmm. this is something that we have lowered our standards down to. We're living in a corrupt sewer. We think it's normal to have a machine that has the audacity and the boldness to say, I don't want you to run. You're not part of us. Shouldn't the sheriff and law enforcement, even local, have a political corruption task force of sorts? Because you've been on the job 27 years. Mm-hmm. How many times mm-hmm. you see an alderman drunk at a tavern, blowing money and giving it to corrupt lowlifes? I mean, shouldn't we have a force, our local force, because we obviously can't depend on the FBI, who all looks like Mike Madigan's family photos. Shouldn't we have a task force that wants to weed out the political corruption we just call the machine now? Well, I'm all for uh, weeding out corruption, wherever it is, wherever it is, political, non-political, any corruption, I I want it out. It's destructive. Uh, We just had the the uh, ghost payrolling uh, uh, issue come up at, at the county. Uh, that loose numbers are anywhere from two, two and a half to three million in, in fraud, waste, and abuse. And uh, now you're not talking dollars. Are you talking people, or are you talking dollars? I'm sorry, dollars, dollars. Oh, that seems like a deal in in Illinois. They only have three million <laughs> stolen. No, but here again, the sheriff's office has a lot of power. Uh, and, and it's amazing to me that I've been out here talking to people and they really don't realize or understand what the sheriff's office does. They think it's just a jail. But the sheriff's office is a, much more than that. It's the top law enforcement uh, officer in the county uh, in charge of the court process, court security, civil process and law enforcement. We're, I'm going to refund, refund the police in, in Cook County. And they need to be present. They also need to be present in Chicago, Cook County, because uh, Chicago is Cook County. And uh, that's that's uh, missed by a lot of people. So uh, What's... Uh, my goal, is, again, is to refund the police and, and get them out there and be engaged and be present. No, uh, that... When was the last time? I'm sorry. No, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Yeah. When was the last time that uh, you've seen a Cook County Sheriff's uh, uh, police stopping people in Chicago uh, doing uh, uh, the job that uh, regular police officers are doing here in Chicago. You have L.A., for example, has 10,000, over 10,000 sworn police officers. Uh, Cook County only has 685 sheriff's police. So it's upside down. The sheriff's office is essentially a law enforcement entity. That's what its job is. And it happens to have a jail that it runs. And we have to get back to running the sheriff's office like a law enforcement agency, not a political organization, not a PAC, and not a, 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 a patronage a, a boondoggle that, yeah. that it is right now. 
It's all it is. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, uh, I lived in Elmwood Park when I lived there, and I still, when I go back, I go back there. And the only time I see a sheriff's copper is when he's at Russell's Barbecue or Johnny's Beef, and he normally has a stain on his shirt. It's really uh, <laughs> uh, quite jo a, a joke to me. But I uh, also want to ask you this. Mm -hmm. Does the sheriff's department have the ability, even if directed by politicians, to nullify law? I have been bothered by this long before fentanyl started killing hundreds of thousands of Illinoisans. Does mm -hmm. this, can, can law enforcement be asked by political, I call them whores, you can call them politicians, to stand down <laughs> and not enforce law? Or should law enforcement agents enforce the fracking law? I, I agree. They, they, the law is the law, okay? And uh, under my administration, uh, you're not going to get uh, my ear for somebody to say, hey, don't enforce this and don't enforce that. That's not who I am. That's not uh, what I do. I, I, again, I, I believe in law and order. I'm a constitutionalist. I, I'm uh, running as a Democrat that oh. has common sense. That has That's common a... sense. All right. I wish and... you would lose the Democrat, but I get it. You're not going to go anywhere in that, in that hellhole without a D. <laughs> Well, here, here again, uh, my training, my background, my military has taught me to reach across the aisle. Uh, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, you can talk to me. I listen. I have common sense, and I know what works. So, um, you know, now, for for do you somebody, have a, for some... a residence you don't pay tax on, like Louis Gutierrez? Do you own a ma seaside mansion in Puerto Rico? Is there any scandal that we normally get with Democrats in your background? <laughs> no. No. no, I don't. I, I'm not a rich man. I'm a common guy. I'm just a guy that, that can't turn his back on, on, on what's going on in society and in, in my neighborhood. My own son, my 20-year-old, was recently uh, the victim of an attempted carjacking. Oh. You know, crime, crime is knocking at, not only knocking on your door, it's trying to knock it down. And, and uh, we do not want, if you look at Seattle, Los Angeles, and, and um, San Francisco, that is, that is the picture of what's to come if we don't do something now. We have to change things now. And my getting in the, to be the sheriff is the first step in changing uh, uh, the, the status quo. Uh, that I like was, it. My, my, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I like it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and real quickly, I, I just want to say uh, one of the, you know, I asked, I'm asked why did I run? Well, I, I don't know if you're aware. But my wife, Sheila Rivera, was the first Cook County Sheriff uh, officer to die of COVID in the line of duty. And, oh, I didn't know. Uh, and, and this happened uh, during this administration. And, I, and many feel, like as I do, that it, it, didn't have to, it didn't have to happen. Okay? So when I tell you I have a deep personal interest in this, a deep personal interest for success, for change, I mean it. It, it, that's why I'm telling you I'm not in this for the ego. I'm not in this for accolades. I'm in it because I see that something needs to be done. So the other thing is that I have the, the professional background and experience uh, uh, to do the job and to do the job right. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I just, like I said, I just could not turn my back anymore. I could have walked away, uh, licked my wounds, but I chose not to because somebody has to jump in. And I got warnings after warnings about running against the machine. But as you see, I'm on the ballot, and uh, uh, the, uh, the primary is June 28th, and I need, I need everybody to come out to support me, regardless of party. 
uh, you're going to have an honest broker in me. Nolan, you've done something only a few people have ever been able to do throughout my 54 years of living. You have admitted to be a Democrat, and I don't hate you. So I'm going to let you promote your site. Why don't you uh, tell the people what it is? Sure. So uh, my website is uh, RiveraForSheriff.com. That's Rivera, the number four, Sheriff.com. Please go on there. You can see more of my initiatives, uh, my background. I'm the only one that's posted his full resume on there because I, I, I want you to know what you're getting right up front. And uh, I could use your support, any any support, volunteer, uh, donations. Uh, the machine is throwing bucket loads of money uh, at me to uh, to uh, defeat me. But they're not. They're not going to defeat me. I'm, I'm going to keep going. And uh, like I said, we've already won the battle of me getting on, on the ballot. I uh, wish you the best of luck. I, I mean, really, you sound like a wonderful guy. I'm going to convert you, though, from that Democrat to Republican. Thank you very much, my friend, for joining <laughs> me. Nolan Rivera. It's an honor and a pleasure. My honor my and honor and Thank pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We'll be back after this. AM560, the answer. Sending out an SOS. Love this song. The Naperville Food Truck Festival is coming back to Naperville May 7th at the Naper Settlement. It is open to all ages. Enjoy 25 of the area's best food trucks. There will also be a live DJ, face painting, beer garden. Visit eventbrite.com slash Naperville dash food truck festival to get your tickets today only five dollars five dollars can't even get a foot long kevin austin texas shaw this is pathetic i was looking online like who's a republican candidate in cook county running for sheriff you know who it is who tom dart nobody yeah nobody nobody they didn't even put anybody up I wanted Nolan to flip, but he didn't. You know, he he won as a Democrat. You know, he here's the thing. And there's one other place. There's one other place where those coppers hang out. It's Alpine Subs, right next to Johnny's. Alpine Subs is owned by one of the most wonderful families ever, the Bonacorskis, who are absolutely wonderful. Sure, the Bono brothers, the best, great best. I mean, there's there's a hundred of them. Um, But I'll tell you this: the best sandwich bar none. I search all over to find one down here. I found a wonderful Jewish deli that blows the onion roll away. It's called Larry's Lunchbox. But uh, I need an Alpine down here. We've got to talk to one of the Bonacorskis. You know, they're always willing to diversify. They're great. Okay. you got to listen to their band, the Bono Brothers. Absolutely. Oh, the best, the best. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the call. Also, Merc guys. One Bonacorski was a Merc guy. Great guy. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for hey. taking my call. Anytime. Hey, you know, I want to take and put in a... An advertisement for that 2,000 So uh, friends of mine. No, no, no. Here's why. I got these guys at work, and I got friends and everything like that. They're all coming around. I got friends that these were all Democrats, man. They were all like, uh, I was raised a Democrat, but I changed a long time ago. But these guys, they basically, they hate Biden. Everything he's doing, they're all this. But what I found out is, man, the media did a number on these people. They they can't believe that there was uh, all this uh, thing and that there, you know that there was that much corruption in the voting. I says, are you? So, anyways, I'm going to buy extra. Um, when you go on on this line, you can basically get the tickets, or you can buy, buy uh, DVDs, and they're going to be available. Um, oh, the eighth. Yeah. I'm going to buy extra D. Oh yeah, I'm going to buy the uh, extra DVDs and everything. They're twenty four dollars, twenty four ninety five and everything. But if you get a twenty percent discount if you spend, uh, you know, buy uh, some extras. I'm buying some extras. I'm going to be passing these things out. And You're I want to see everybody. I'm, I'm hoping it a lot. You're a hell of a guy. And I'll hoping tell you this. When you talk people. to these guys, I want you to remind them that Barack 
Obama, the touted, the loved, somebody who they were willing to look over years of incompetence and corruption, 69 million votes. That's all he got. Yet this dimwit who can't get through a sentence, they want you to believe, got 81 million votes. He didn't. It was a cheat. He's illegitimate, and he should be arrested tonight. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. Lies have ramifications. Not just because it takes another lie to cover the lie, but it has mass ramifications. Most good people don't want to live a lie. Joe Biden is a lie. Everything he stands for is a lie, as most Democrats are. It's a lie. So when we play the lies that are done by, perpetrated by Republicans, wars in the Middle East, wars in South Pacific and Asia, wars. They have ramifications. Normally, they're foreign deaths. Sometimes they're Americans. It never really matters. There doesn't seem to be much calamity, much, much result in people going to prison for things. But what does happen is states and people in those states and good people start to fight back. We know about the 26 states that are suing the Biden administration for the first forced mandates and the rest. There are a multitude of states, mainly Republicans, that are suing the government, the Biden government, for real atrocities that I think most people wouldn't hear about and only you would hear about because I am a junkie of news and information. Alaska, one of my favorite states. It really is. It's a rogue state. It's a state that most people don't know. We bought from Russia. It's a state that's inhabited by certain kind of frontiersmen, for the most part, and descendants of those men. They're very independent people, and they don't like being told what to do. But moreover, they don't like scams specifically about limiting natural resources in Alaska. This is a very important clip. The sound quality is a little sketchy, but it's Alaska. They haven't really perfected recording yet. However, they've perfected the idea and the principles of Americanism. Uh, we began this process, um, as mentioned, about a year ago. And the basically governor. what we're doing is we're trying to live up to the Supreme Court rulings in the uh, two cases called Sturgeon, in which statehood lands and submerged waters uh, were affirmed. So as we know, the state of Alaska owns our submerged lands, even those located within federal jurisdictions, such as parks, preserves, refugees, monuments. We own the waters, the submerged lands under the waters. <clears throat> This amounts to more than 800,000 miles of navigable waters and 30 million acres of navigable lakes. This is Mike Dunleavy. Now, if you remember under the Barack Obama administration, the EPA, along with the government, colluded to take over possession and control of navigable waters. States like Alaska took them to the Supreme Court. The government lost that case. The government is slow walking their loss. Because the government is against their government. They're not interested in law, even when it goes before the Supreme Court. Now that we have affirmative action, Jackson, maybe they're hoping for another outcome. But Alaska has taken them to the Supreme Court twice. Um, the problem is, to date, the federal government has acknowledged uh, only 9% of the rivers and 16% of the lakes are in the possession of the state. The federal government is not... Uh, it's not worked well with us in this uh, in this area. 
So today we've got Commissioner Feige, Jim Walker from DNR, Deputy uh, AG Corey Mills, and John Sturgeon to update Alaska on how we are resetting the table with the federal government. So we're going to put the federal government on notice again. The Supreme Court has spoken and the status quo of the past 63 years is over. And we're going to take several actions starting today. The first action we have is we're going to file Quiet Title Act litigation against the Interior Department for four submerged land claims in the Lake Clark National Park and Preserve. The Mulchatna River and the Chilakadratna River. I want you to think about this. This is a state government suing the federal government because the federal government has corrupted the law. They were taken to the Supreme Court twice and they refused to give back control. So do you think there's going to be something different with the executive order on voting fraud that they're trying to legitimize? The two stories are connected. The fact of the matter is the country doesn't like a lie. And now we've got 27 states suing the illegitimate Biden administration. Vince Northside. Hey, Sean. Nice to talk to you. My pleasure. Um, love the show, man. Um, Thank you. What, what I'm calling about is, okay, the, the, this um, 2,000 mules. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. If they know who these people are, why can't they go after them, arrest them for voter fraud? You know what we do? I, I, I had a grandfather. I used to say we, and I used to say they. I would say we. He'd say, what, do you got a bug in your pocket? And I used to say they. He'd say, who are you talking about? Because what you're talking about, Vince, is the notion we carry around that, that, that we've been brainwashed with, that they, being the government, are the good guys. Merrick Garland is a Chicago gangster who is in charge of the Department of Justice. If you think he's going to arrest other gang members, gangster members, that put him in power, brother, you're on the north side of Chicago, but you ain't been paying attention because they don't arrest themselves. The problem is the watchers are the problem. These bureaucracies are infiltrated with the gangsters. There are no they. Dinesh D'Souza is a private citizen. He did this through raising money, through corporations and good people who gave him money so he could produce this movie. This doesn't mean you're going to get justice. I'll tell you what I learned a long time ago when I was involved in a scandal. I was the victim of it. I went to a lawyer, and I said, I've been wronged. And he said, give me a retainer. I said, why? I've been wronged. I'm the victim. We'll sue. He said to me, justice is expensive. That's something to never forget. Justice is expensive, Vince. What we're going to have to do is get back in power and then give this government an enema. Good luck. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Or we could know and philosophically revoke our consent to be governed by the illegitimate. You don't have to have an insurrection of violence. The insurrection could be of knowledge. Because if you have any knowledge of who Joe Biden and the American Democrats are, you revoke your consent to be governed by these crooks. Thank you, Vince. Mary Ellen, I'll get to you. I went long. I'll be back after this. If you want to be on the line, 312-642-5600. AM 560, the answer. Oh, look Mary Ellen, Chicago. Hi, Sean. Hi, Mary I got Ellen. in a little bit late on your other caller, but I then went to get my mail, and I see this. Uh, here's why J.B. Pritzker is helping Jesse Sullivan and Darren Bailey, and it's an 8.5 by 11 
um, like almost a cardboard, but not really a heavier paper. Oh, yeah, big money. They got Ken Griffin's money now. Right, but listen to this. Uh-huh. It says paid for by Il- Irvin for Illinois. Not one word about what the man is for. No, I mean, that's... I never hear him speak. I don't know what he's for. Does anybody well, you... know? Nobody knows. If you... I know what he's for. Wait a minute, Mary Ellen. I can help you with this. Hold on. WTTW News has found that Aurora Mayor and Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin's ex-wife was hired by a company that's part of a project getting up to $15 million in Aurora City incentives. The project involves several politically connected companies and individuals. It's just the latest in a series of WTTW News stories showing companies getting city incentives and contracts and donating big to funds tied to Irvin and his former law partner. Irvin is backed by the state's wealthiest resident, Ken Griffin. WTTW I think it's about those, those dirty, filthy, politically corrupt payoffs and bribes. That's what I think it's about. It's hard to put that on a flyer, though. But so he doesn't better. have any plan for anything. Sure he does. You know that scheme where he enriched his ex-wife and himself and his campaign? That's oh. the plan. Democrat calls it politics. That's why he's got a good shot. Like, oh, yeah, be quiet. Say nothing. Just talk a lot of words. Listen, in, this, in, in, this, in the state of Illinois, the plan of perfecting corruption and normalizing <laughs> it, that's a pretty good plan. After all, you voted for a guy who's been on FBI tapes for hours talking to a scumbag who went to prison by the name of Rod Blagojevich. I think he's on to a good plan. After all, he's going to steal in a Republican manner, so at least his suit will be better. Thank you, Mary Ellen. I appreciate the call. Let's not forget what we're dealing with when you talk about Dick Irving. News reporter Nick Blumberg and I have been covering this story, and Nick joins us now. And, Nick, before I throw it over to you, let's set this up for viewers a little bit. So Crystal Rollins is Irving's ex-wife. She was hired recently as director of business development and strategy for JTE Real Estate Services. That com- See, when you give them enough money... They actually give you a phony baloney ghost job. This doesn't happen in, like, the city of Chicago or the county of Cook or the state of Illinois. It happens in business as long as it's underwritten by the state of Illinois and the municipality. After all, what would make him more qualified to be governor of that corrupt sewer? The company is one of several working on the $128 million redevelopment of the former Copley Hospital in Aurora. $128 million? A lot of room for slippage. And that slippage buys fancy shoes and footwear and purses and cars. After all, it explains all the aldermen. Is the show really over, Squirrel Hands? You know you look good today. Did you trim your cleavage hair? Looks fantastic. All right, I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.